And uh, today, I'm pretty excited. We did Hosea, which, uh, week one. Uh, last week, we did uh, Joel in, in him asking us to return to the altars and that that would be what would create a um, blessing again for the people of God. And so the concept of returning to the altars is foreign to a lot of uh, people, but it's important for us to learn this concept of repentance. Why? Because um, this has been a theme throughout Scripture, and yet many of us have never learned how to take ownership of the things that we've done wrong or that our generation has done wrong. And uh, what I can tell you firsthand is if you're interested in seeing God move in your life, one of the ways that I have found best to get God's attention is through repentance. It's through putting my face on the ground and saying, God, I need you. God, I'm sorry that I've missed it. And God, that I've, I've made you less than you are. Uh, return to me. And in those moments, it's like, man, the Lord is just on me. And I want to encourage you to figure that out. This week, we're going to jump into a really cool uh, and a very different minor prophet. All of them are extremely different, but what's hard is that if you are just reading one, you would think that it's like the others until you dive into them. Uh, we're reading today the, the prophet Jonah. And uh, if many of you, uh, you've heard of Jonah and the whale. And um, what's really neat is, well, we'll get into that. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Cool. Hey, very first verse here, it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, what's really cool about verse 1 is that the Lord gave a message to this dude. Now, in, you have to know in these days, Jonah was a prophet. Uh, but it's important for, uh, I think, us to know that God is still giving a message to his people today. And he doesn't have to do it through the prophet. He actually just wants to skip and go right to you. Now, he will use a prophet if that's what it takes to get your attention. In scripture, he had to use a donkey. Uh, he may be using your children to get your attention. He may be using your, teacher, your, your children's teacher. He may be using your pastor. Uh, but I want you to know that the Lord does want to speak to you. The scripture is very clear. Jesus said it. He said, my sheep know me, and they know my voice. And so, and he said, and they follow me. And so if you are currently in your life following Jesus, I hope it's because you've learned the voice of the Holy Spirit. He is our teacher. He is our guide. He is the one that leads us into all truth. And I think it's imperative that you know the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life, because if not, it's very easy for you to end up on the wrong path. Can I get an amen? Uh, I see people on a daily basis that end up on the wrong path, and it's because we allow the Holy Spirit to wander from us. Uh, we, it's our job to return to Him with our heart, making sure that He's speaking to us. And so in this day, the, vo the word of the Lord came to Jonah, verse 2, and He said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Verse 3. But Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction to get away from the word of the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarsus. He bought a ticket and he went aboard, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarsus. This is where it went wrong for Jonah, and uh, we're going to get further into this story, but I want you to know that the word of the Lord has come to you, and I'm just curious, what has the word of the Lord sounded like in your life? 
So we read some of the other prophets and people that are learning to hear God's voice. We see God speaking to Samuel when he was a young boy. And Samuel having to learn the voice of God. You're going to have to learn the voice of God in your life. It's not something that you'll just pick up. The way I understand the voice of any language that's foreign to me is it's like learning Spanish. It helps to be around Spanish-speaking people. It helps to be in atmospheres where, where, where you're hearing more, maybe watching some television, reading some lips, uh, seeing what, what's being picked up on. If, if you want to hear the voice of God, you're going to want to be around God's people. You're going to want to get God's word in your heart. You're, there's different ways to learn and cultivate God's voice, but you have, it always helps to obey what you know was God. Because it grows. It confirms its word. It's like if you're talking to someone, I have to use the bathroom, and they're Spanish-speaking, and they're saying, Baño? Baño? I don't know what you're saying. They're saying, I'm telling you. It's that, it's that right. When you are on the same page and you're locked in, there's a great reward for you. You're like, oh, yeah, Baño. So good. I got to go to Baño. Yes, yeah, see, see, we're great. And you learn that, but then there's reward. In Christ, when he's saying no, there's reward when you obey no, and there's reward when he says yes, and there's reward when he says go or give, and there's little ways that you can pick up on the voice of God in your life. He is speaking to you. To some of you, he's saying he wants you to focus on your children more right now and less on work. To some of you, he's saying, I want your children to not rule your house. Completely different. And it's the same Lord, and oftentimes it could be a different message because he's not saying something generically to everyone. He's parenting you. I have three different kids, and the way that I have to parent each one of them is drastically different. There's not a one-shoe-fits-all type thing for, you, for the way you do things. To some right now, he's saying, I want you to give more. And to some, he's saying, I want you to save more. And you got to learn that rhythm. To some, he's saying, I want you to come to me. And to some, he's saying, I want you to go to the world. And to Jonah, that was the message. That was the word of the Lord. I want you to go. And I want you to tell these people that they're in sin. I don't know why Jonah yet did not do what the Lord asked him to do. But the Lord said, I have an assignment for you. And Jonah said, eh, I want another one. And he chose to go in the different direction. And I don't know if it was because at this point because he felt inadequate like he wasn't good enough. Maybe he felt like he didn't have enough knowledge. Maybe he sinned earlier that week and felt like if he went to Nineveh, he'd be a hypocrite. He didn't want people judging him while he was judging them. Anyone ever feel any of these ways? Uh, judgment is important. People would say uh, Christians shouldn't judge one another. I, I don't I don't know where you're getting that, actually. I'm actually reading a whole book about judgment. In fact, the scriptures would say that it is important that we judge each other, uh, but it's important that you also know that when you judge, the same measure of judgment is coming back against you. Okay, But it is important that we judge each other. In fact, what I'm reading from the book of Jonah, I'm reminded by an age-old truth that would say, judgment on earth is far better than judgment in heaven. I don't want judgment there. Lord, let me get it right now. So if you know something that's jacked up about your pastor, please come tell me, okay? Because I'd rather you not like what I do than him not like what I do. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's crucial. Anyways, what we found in Jonah here is that for whatever reason, he didn't want to, and he went the opposite direction. I don't know 
at this point why he didn't do what God asked. But one thing I do know is that when God speaks, we should obey. I know we have a laundry list of reasons why we don't. We're going to get into that here in a reason in a little bit. But I have found it to be priority that when God speaks, we move. We stand still. We speak. We get quiet. We give. And I have found in different seasons of my life, God asking different kinds of obedience of me. And I want you to know that it's also more difficult to hear God's voice when you stop obeying. And the best way to change all that is through repentance. All of the minor prophets are going to have one theme, and that's to return to God, to repent and return to God, to repent and return to God. I'm going to go further here. And so what was the outcome? And he asked Jonah to go, and Jonah went the opposite direction, but he would ultimately return to the Lord. And I just want you to know, sometimes God's asking you to do something, and you can't see the results. Well, this would be the results for Jonah. What he didn't know is what God can see. He knows what's on the other side of, of, your, of your obedience. In Jonah asking, the, the Lord asking Jonah to go to Nineveh, Nineveh would be a city of about 120,000 people. And he wanted him to go there and proclaim the gospel. I don't know if you know this, but that's almost exactly the size of Lakeland currently. You know that? I thought that was really funny. I, had, I Googled the census, and we've had so much growth, an explosion of growth over the last two and a half years, mostly because people don't want to be in other crazy states. They, they like it where God's at. Amen? Come on now. Tell them about the Way Community Church. I know a place. All right, cool. Here we go. Um, and so uh, he knew the outcome. Let me take you to Jonah chapter 4, verse 11. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great place? Right? And as we rewind it back, the Lord also knew what, the, what was going to go down in that place. In Jonah chapter 3, verse 6 through 8, when God saw what they had done and how they would have put a stop to their evil ways. He changed his mind, and he didn't carry out a destruction on 120,000 people. How wonderful. The people and animals alike must wear garments in mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God, and they must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. And the king said to his nobles, here's a decree. And everyone took, the, the king in, in verse 9, he said, the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying. He stepped down from his throne and he took off his royal robes and he dressed himself in burlap and he sat on a heap of ashes. I love what is happening here. And yet you can't see the result of what God's asking you. He's telling you this would be good for you and this would be good for our kingdom that we're building together. I have an assignment for you. And it's, I want, when he's asking you to spend time with him in the morning, I don't think you understand the fruit of what that could look like. So I don't know, and I don't want to connect the dots, and I don't want to be the Lord that would tell you this is what God's saying to you, but do you know the voice of the Lord? Because he wants to speak to you, and he wants you to be a part of great things that makes a difference in the world that we live in today, in, in, at your job, in your home, and in your heart. I wonder if we could see what the results were if we would do it. But oftentimes, he's asking us to do all of this by faith. And that's the hard thing. I want you to just love me and obey me. Isn't 
that what it's all about. It's not for reward. It's for me. I'm not doing this for these results. I'm doing it because, Lord, I want you. Cool. So what God, has God told you to do? To some, he's saying, I want you to start a business. To some, he's saying, I want you to submit to your authority in your life and to your boss. To some, he's saying, I want you to serve. To some, he is saying, you need to apologize. To some, he's saying, slow down and stop doing. What is the Lord's voice in your life saying? And I think it's important because if we're not careful, we can make God's voice common and less than a voice booming from the throne of God and make it almost like advice that everything else would give to us. The Lord doesn't give suggestions. If that was the case, you would be the Lord. He's telling us what to do, and he's telling us what's good for our life, and he's telling us what's good for the kingdom. And I think it's important that if we have misunderstood God's voice in our life as a suggestion, we probably it would be good for us to lower ourselves. Cool. Jonah, the book of Jonah isn't uh, about a prophet's message. Actually, every book in the minor prophets and major prophets is about the prophet's message. This book is actually just about a prophet because it goes wrong for Jonah. Actually, it goes really wrong. Um, and I think what's important is for us to learn that you and I are Jonah. This book is actually a lesson for us to understand that God's desire for your life. Now, you can take this as if God is sending you to the nations, but not all of you are called to be evangelists or prophets, but you are all called to obey the Lord. And when you obey, there is reward. This is about what happens when you go the wrong direction. When you choose to substitute the time spent with God with television and with things that are not giving life to our spirit but rather just eating away. Cool? Yeah. So I'm actually going to read the, almost this whole book to you guys today. And uh, let's take a look here. Uh, verse 4, it says, But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hole. So the captain went down after him. How can you be asleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Whew. Then the cast, I, I, <laughs> I get emotional, I'm sorry. Verse seven, and then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, they identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. And who are you? And what is your line of work? And what country are you from? And what is your nationality? And Jonah said, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made sea and land. And I think it's funny that Jonah got off land to try to get away from the Lord, but he knew he worshiped the God of land and sea. It's also important for you to know 
that you, you can get away from, you can run from the Lord, but it, you'll never get away from him. And I know many people um, that are trying to run from the Lord, and oftentimes they'll run right back into him. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. So why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop the storm? Throw me into the sea, and it will get calm again. I know that this is a terrible storm, and it's all my fault. Let me just stop there for a second. What, this is going to be one of four times that Jonah, he just wants to die. Uh, and it's crazy. I don't know what's going on yet in his heart, but he would rather die than obey what God's asking him to do. It's awful. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it, and they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God, O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. Don't hold us responsible for his death. O Lord, you have sent this storm upon us for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were an awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him as a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. I just, I just want to take note here for a second how difficult it can be for, for Israel, how difficult it can be for the heart of man, especially when you're already born again, for you to align your own reason against the Lord. What we see here is that it's easy for the world to repent and recognize that they're doing wrong. And it's hard for some reason for a believer to say, I'm wrong. And I just want you to know that it's easy for our hearts to play tricks on us. Sometimes the Lord makes us righteous and therefore we think we're right. It's in my own marriage. I can find it easy for the two of us to argue. The Lord is only saying one thing for my family, yet the two of us are going in completely opposite directions. But it's not like that with the Lord. I don't have an opinion with him. When he speaks, I am doing right or I'm doing wrong. There really isn't a black and white area. And we've complicated a lot of things going on. We're bringing things down to mankind's level. And that's what I see going on here in Scripture. You may see something different, but I, I see sailors finding it easy to ask God to forgive them, find it hard for this guy because of the level of pride that he's put himself in. And so they repented, and he did not. And Jonah finds himself in a whale of a problem. Uh, and so uh, what happens next is uh, they throw him overboard, and they make an offering of him for the Lord. Uh, and I just think that's important that the sailors figured out that sometimes there's people in your life that are not going to help you get to where you need to be. And you're going to have to cut ties with some people to get to see God move in your life. I can't say that I've, some people are just toxic. Some of them may even be in the church, according to the story of Jonah. Isn't that crazy that in order for, for heathen to get God to move in their life, they had to remove the one that was supposed to have God the most in their life. Church, can we please get right? If we're not, if there's not humility in the house of God, we are doing it all wrong. 
And so uh, uh, verse 17 in chapter 1, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. I just want you to know it's pretty cool. Uh, I read the news a lot, and I had found on the news about six months ago up in Cape Cod, I don't know if any of you guys saw this story, but there was a man who was diving for lobster, and uh, he was actually swallowed by a whale. His friend saw it, saw his friend gone. He said he was uh, swimming after lobster. You can Google the story. It's pretty awesome. Uh, the whale literally, uh, he said everything just went black, and he thought he had died. He thought he was eaten by a shark. Turned out he was not. Uh, he was injured, scrapes, bruises, all these other things. But when you hear this story, it sounds just like a fairy tale. And then it's cool when you see fairy tales happening. Uh, the guy didn't turn himself over to the Lord or that I know of or anything like that, but he probably should have. I wonder what he was running from in his life. Uh, but um, it's a pretty cool story. And so, uh, but and then in uh, chapter 2 is the, the story of Jonah's repentance. Now, what's difficult about this story is uh, Jonah, actually, in the whale, he doesn't repent. He doesn't say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, have your way in my life. But he does recognize the absence of God's presence in his life. And there in the whale, uh, you could see in chapter 2, he cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, O Lord, and you heard me. And then, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I look once more to your holy temple. And, uh, and I just think... This whole chapter is Jonah's building an altar. God, I'm, you know, I'll do what you want. Whatever it takes, help, Lord, move in my life. And um, so it's pretty special. The whale spits out Jonah, and then we pick up in chapter 3, Jonah's dealings again with man. So chapter 1 is Jonah's dealings with with man. Chapter 3 is Jonah's dealings with man. Chapter 2 and chapter 4 is God dealing with Jonah. And uh, here's what we're going to see in chapter 3. I'm going to read a lot of this to you. It said, Then the word of the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, and he said, Get up. How do you know when God tells you something a second time? It's important. And for some of us, he's telling you three, four, five, ten, twenty times, you need to work on your marriage. Jack? Sometimes the Lord is telling you, you're not ready to be in a relationship. Stop trying to pursue people. I don't know what the word of the Lord is for you, but many times uh, we dumb him down. And he's saying it over and over and over again. And if you're not ready, you're going to throw yourself in another relationship, and it's going to work bad for you and for the other person. Listen to the Lord. He's not making, he's, he's, he's a bigger picture of your life than you do. He knows what you need. You know what you want. Cool. Uh, he said, get up and go to this great city of Nineveh and deliver the message that I have given you. Now, this time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. And on this day, Jonah entered the city and he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Let me just stop there. I think it's good for you to get some background a little bit now at this time on, on what, what's going on. Jonah hated Nineveh because uh, Nineveh uh, was the city of Assyria, and Assyria uh, was conquering most of the known world. And they were actually at war with Israel, and so um, they, were, they were beginning to take over different places and different countries and different cities. And so we believe that what had just happened was Samaria was overtaken by Assyria. Now, this place, Nineveh, is now uh, Iraq. 
And so it's not a lot of things have changed there uh, for several, several, several years. But um, they were known as some of the ugliest conquerors in the world. They did terrible things to people when at war. And I don't want to be graphic here today, so I'm just going to let you kind of... But Jonah had images in his head of what he thought they should do or should not do or what was fair for those types of people that was harming his people. Does this make sense? Yeah. And so... Um, some of us in life, if, it's not, if you're not careful, you can take on someone else's offense. And you could be defending them in the greatest way that you want to, but you're getting upset with someone else that's in your life that's good because someone else got hurt by that person. And so sometimes you have to separate, forgive, and get, and get a clean view. Don't pick up someone else's view. Is, is that fair? And so he doesn't want to go because he doesn't want these people to love Christ. And we pick up, the people of Nineveh believed that message. And from, from the greatest to the least, and they declared a fast, and they put on burlap, and they showed their sorrow. I love this. Let me just explain to you, verse 5, what the people of Assyria were doing. We're building an altar. And I, I, I think it's crucial. Listen, you don't have to do this here, um, but I beg you, try as a spiritual discipline, the principle of repentance, of crying out to God. Try it at home, next to your bed. Try it in your prayer closet. Try it in your vehicles. Try it, get somewhere, get along with God, and, and think about everything you've done and ask for forgiveness. Things, intentions and motives of your heart and things that were wrong, things that went wrong. Like if, if, if these guys can do it and they were some of the ugliest, brutal people on the face of the planet, why can't the church that's what this story is about. I want to see the Lord move at the Way Community Church. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen because like things are going to fill up in the room. No, it happens when God moves in this room and God starts moving in your life. And in your life. And in your life. And all of a sudden there's a hunger in the room that's undeniable. And everyone here in unity wants the same thing. We want Jesus. Cool. And so what happens... Here is that they, um, the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying and he stepped down from his throne and he took off his robes and he dressed himself in burlap and he sat on a heap of ashes. And then the king and his nobles sent a decree out throughout the city. No one, not even animals uh, from your herds or flocks may eat or drink anything at all. The people and the animals alike must wear garments of mourning. Now, I've never dressed my dog while I was uh, repenting, but um, who knows? I mean, you could try it out. He's heathen. He don't know. He's just trying, you know, whatever works. All we want, everyone must pray earnestly to God. That, that, that's, that's good. Pray with all your heart. And they must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Verse 9, who can tell? Perhaps yet even, even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. I love that. And so what we know is that the, this whale, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm going to go back for a little bit. I forgot to include something that was a key point. And the whale and the storm when he was on the boat and he was in the whale. Um, there are things in our life that I think we as Christians are rebuking that were sent by God because you don't want to listen. Sometimes we're yelling at the storm and, and it ain't going nowhere. Things are actually just getting worse. And sometimes you should just check your, check you. Before you're checking all the situations in your life. How, Lord, how are we doing? Finances are a wreck right now. Okay, okay. Hey, look, that's good. How's your spending? 
Like, just check, what do I have my life in order? Uh, because I, I just want you to know, I don't think the Lord is nervous about how long you need to stay in that whale. He can resurrect you. He can do whatever he wants. He's the Lord. And we think small of him, and we get worried and stressed out and all these things. God's not concerned. He's got the big picture. All right. So going back to this guy, he's, the, the king is repenting. All of Israel is repenting. And when God saw how, what, what, in verse 10, when God saw what they had done and how he put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind, and he didn't carry out the destruction as he had threatened. And uh, the reason why I gave you the background about, about the, 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 the Nineveh being this terrible nation is because what's about to happen right here? It's funny because we know it to be a story of Jonah and a whale. It ain't about a whale. It's never been about a whale. It's never been about your finances. It's really never been about your marriage. It's really never been about the car you drive or the car you want to drive or the house or the job you want or the spouse you want or all the things that you, like all the things that's wrong. It ain't about that. It's about him and you. Chapter 4, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. Jonah's mad because God is healing wicked people. This ain't the first time the church got all upset about God being merciful. Look at the story of the prodigal son. This, we think it's a story about a prodigal son and God's mercy. All of the Bible is about God's mercy. The story is about the, the butthurt church that's upset that God's merciful. God, why won't you do He's done this for you. He has shown mercy and mercy and mercy and mercy. And we, now some of y'all are mad that I said butt hurt. Listen. You can figure that out later. I'll just let you know right now. All right, cool. So Jonah was upset and he became very angry and some complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? Uh, this is why I ran away from Tarsus. I knew that you are merciful and that you're a compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people and just kill me now. Lord, I'd rather be dead uh, uh, than alive if what I predict it will not happen. And the Lord said, is this, is this right for you to be this upset? Um, and I, I just think right now there are terrible things that's happening in our country and all around us. But I just want you to know the people that you're siding against, the Lord loves just as much as he loves you. Okay? So the aisle that we create, it's the, the, the message of this story is that Jonah's enemies were still God's friends. That's a hard message. And it's really not even that bad what's going on here in the States. It was ugly that was going on here. Like, they got invaded. And uh, the Lord is still wanting to pour out his compassion and his mercy. And he's slow to get angry with Jonah. Can you see? He's not mad at him. He's just trying to figure out, how can I discipline and hold back more blessings so you'll finally look at me? How do I get you to work with me, Jonah? You're my messenger. I want the world to look at you and see me. But when you don't want to listen to me, what does the world see? They see unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy patterns. This is all about obedience. This is all about the character of our heart.
So the Lord loves 120,000 people. What's really hard about this um, is we don't actually know the end of the story. We don't know if Jonah actually changes his heart. We don't know if he repents. But this book is not actually about Jonah. Um, It's about you and me. It's about us getting the Jonah out of our heart. It's about us getting the insecurity, the pride, the shortcomings, the, the me first mentality and saying, God, whatever you want, I'll trust you. So I have three quick points that I have to throw out. I'm going to throw out to you real quick. I got these this morning. I got these this morning. How do I, how do I make sure I don't got Jonah in me? I'd say even before I say that, um, it, it'd be helpful if you had community in your life. Because people will tell you what you're doing wrong. Now, the problem is you may get offended, and then you may get mad at people. But, like, don't, who do you, at the end of the day, when we close our eyes on this earth, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And in that day, I want to make sure that I lived right, that I honored the Lord. And in that moment, I know that I will be judged. We will be judged. And it would have been better had we stopped and listened and checked ourselves. And it only, if you, you can't see your blind spot. Jonah didn't know that he was this angry. He didn't know that guy, like all this is going on. Like, cool. Um, first thing you can do is you can pray the same thing David said. And he said, God, search my heart, oh God. I think it's super good to do a, a, a clean out once in a while. You know, that's I think what fasting does. Uh, when I fast, I become the worst human being on the planet. What I didn't realize is that I was that human being the whole time. <laughs> I start complaining, and I'm, I'm all upset, and everything's terrible in the world. And It's really just because it's, it's always been in me, and I didn't know it. And now God is actually able to show me me. Hey, Tim, you know that guy? Yeah, you've always been that guy. Ask your kids. They'll tell you. You've been that guy the whole time. It's awful. That's Psalms 139, 23. David said, search my heart, O oh God. And see, and, and, and you know my heart, and test me and see my anxious thoughts and see if there is not any wicked thing in me. I love that. Test, search my heart, oh God. Search my heart. It's a, it's a dangerous prayer for you to pray. Because when God starts showing you, you, you realize how much you need Jesus. Second thing. Is this, is this falling on anyone? Cool. Minor prophet. Major point. Two, deny yourself. Generally, the reason why you and God are not working out real well is because you you have a you first mentality. You have an American first mentality. You have a your kingdom first mentality. And Jesus said, your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we really have to recognize that we've been born of a bigger, a bigger kingdom. Um, and, and it's now going to be, he's the guy in charge and we're following his orders. And so Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 26, he said, if anyone wants to come after me, if you want to follow me, then you're going to have to deny yourself, pick up my cross and follow me. And so this is, I, I just wonder in your life, when you set out the day, some of us, it's hard to like fulfill God's mission. Like when God says, I want you to go here or do this, you can't because you're busy. I'm, you know, I got, I really like to, I think it'd be good, but I'm, I'm busy. Pastor, I'd love to help you with that outreach, but I'm just so busy. I just got all these things going on. What? Hold on a second. We're not negotiating here. Like this is, if the Lord is talking to you, he's saying you have other stuff that's more important than what I'm telling you to do. You got to clear your schedule, Jack. Make room for Jesus in your life. The third thing uh, is, uh, I think, one of the hardest 
is Proverbs 3, 5, 6, is you're, at some point you're going to have to trust God. Now, trust is crucial in obeying the Lord because so much of it is terrifying. So much of it is scary. So much of it is going gonna, is gonna to bring about your insecurities of, of your lack of knowledge or what you've done wrong or what, how good you're not or how good someone else is. And God, why didn't you give this message to Dina? She's so much better than I am. Like, but here's the problem. Like, she has her own things to fulfill. He, this is your assignment. This is your assignment. And you're going to have to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and let him direct your path. You may get sick. You may get hurt. You may get injured. The Lord doesn't actually promise that you're always going to just be in perfect health. Newsflash. All of us at some point in our life are going to take our last breath on this earth. So like, it, we're not always just being healed. You know? Now, ultimate healing, I believe, is when we do take our last breath, we wake up in glory. But I, I just want you to know that I have found obedience to the Lord to sometimes be terrifying. And oftentimes God is calling me to something because he knows that I have to do it because it's actually going to heal me. So this assignment for Jonah was, I don't think it was actually for Jonah. I don't think it was for, I'm sorry, I don't think it was for Nineveh. I think it was really for Jonah. When I go on a missions trip and I answer the call of God and I go overseas, you know what's crazy? I'm preaching to thousands of people and the one who gets changed the most is me. When you answer the call of God, it often is going to, you're, you're going to be amazed at what God does when you obey him. Some of you, he's saying it's, you got to change some things in your health, in your finances, in your relationship, at your job. When you obey the Lord, you'd be shocked to see what he can do. God gave a message to Jonah. He went in the opposite direction. I just wonder, the, the word of the Lord in your life. Have you lowered God's voice in light of the wisdom of man?